0: Hi, y'all, it's Vanessa. I'm back with call two for the series Traveling on a Limited Budget. So the previous call, I talked about the pros um, of having a limited budget when you're traveling. So today's call will be on uh, the cons. And I know, I mean, from my experience looking at, um, you know, different blog posts or uh, you know, YouTube videos or Instagram posts and videos <clears throat> on social media, people tend to glamorize um, budget travel, limited budget travel a lot, and I don't hear too much about the cons um, or the drawbacks. So, I kind of wanted to dedicate an entire call to talking about talking about those cons. Now this should no and this should this should in no way discourage you, um, from doing a budget trip, um. But I think it'd be good to have, you know, to keep some of these topics, what I'm about to to share with you, to keep some of these things in mind. I'm going to share, um, you know, my points and also use you know examples from my own travels, um, to kind of drive the points home, but. This shouldn't be a uh, you know this shouldn't deter you from 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 budget travel, but it's nice to have a heads up of of what might occur and how you can kind of work around it and and in some cases you can't work around it so it's just something that you should expect and 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 hopefully it'll help you um, enjoy your budget budget trip more and 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 you know if you decide that budget travel isn't for you it'll kind of help motivate you to um, you know save more money make more money. Um, kind of revamp your lifestyle um, to make it more conducive to traveling in the way that you, you know, you would like to travel. So let's go into the cons. So for the first topic um, I wanted to talk about was economics. So I talked about the pros, um, the economic pros in the previous call, the cons with economics. I mean, here here's the big one. You know, you don't have enough money to do what you want to do. Um th- there's there's no way around that. It sucks. <laughs> so, yes, you get to travel to a new place. Um, but in many cases, you can't get the full experience because you've got to really be strict on how you're allocating, you know, how you're allocating your money. Um, how you're allocating all those resources. So, you know, just prepare yourself. There's going to be, you know, depending on, you know, how they say somebody's eyes are bigger than their stomach. It's kind of like that. You're going to see all these amazing things that you want to do, but (laughs) you can only take part in a few of them. So you're going to be constantly compromising, penny-pinching, you know, some stinginess is going to come out on your part. I mean, my gosh, I, oh, I shudder to think how just it was a little bit wretched y'all, to be honest, but just how the penny pinching I saw from other travelers and, and I'm like, oh my God, is that how I am? Um, the stinginess, like it will just get on your last nerves. And I remember, see, I already have another story. So I was at a hostel by the beach. Um, where was I in Vietnam? Where was I? Oh, 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 I was in, I was in Hoi An. So not in like old town Hoi An, like where all the touristy stuff's happening, but just kind of outside, outside the city by the beach at this little hostel. And I had spent a couple nights there and I, and for some reason, like the, one of the hostel volunteers, like she was silly. She didn't let us know, um, me and some other people know that like, um, rooms were filling up. And so I didn't book a bed in time and they had gone to other people. So I had to, uh, I had to check out the next day to go stay at a guest house, but I made sure to book additional days at this hostel. So, you know, for, I think two days, I had to go stay at a guest house in, in Hoi An, you know, the city, old town, um, before I could come back. But anyways, there was a French couple, number one so number one i found out this this is this is related to the penny pinching stinginess poverty-minded you know bs um i think to rent a motorcycle and it was a french couple now listen i'm not look this is not the pc luxury minimalist traveler is not pc i'm gonna say i'm gonna say it like it is if you get if you get your feelings hurt Sorry, y'all. I had to pause briefly. Um, Of course, they have to do landscaping um, right as I'm trying to (laughs) record this call. Um, So I was talking about the French couple, Penny Pinching. So um, uh, number one with this French couple. Oh, I was talking about I'm just going to I'm going to say it like it is. You know, please don't get your feelings hurt. I'm just I'm describing people. I'm not painting all people like that. I'm just talking about specific people that I met on my trip. Um, but and maybe I'll talk about this later on this call or another call. There are stereotypes about travelers from certain countries. So yeah, maybe I will save that for another call. Um, I think it's a good idea to kind of know. Yeah, kind of in general, the, the, the international community's perception of your country, certain groups, but like, you don't need to take it to heart. You don't need to burden yourself with it. I don't, I, you know, yes, society, some society may, you know, have an idea about what Americans are like or black Americans, whatever, but it doesn't mean you need to just be going out of your way to be smiling all the time. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, that's not the goal of any of this. So anyways, back to the story. So it was a French couple and number one, they wanted to rent a motorcycle. Um, You will see a lot of this, y'all. It's just deplorable. And I think to rent the motorcycle like by hour, it was like, or maybe for the full day, it was just something ridiculously cheap, something ridiculously cheap. And you will see people bartering to the point where it's like they're screaming over and the u.s equivalent it's like they're screaming over the equivalent of like 30 cents 40 cents 50 cents difference like they will not pay for it unless you go down by 50 cents this is the Taurus. they will they won't they're like no you need to go like screaming over a few bot because that's the that's the currency in vietnam a few bot and the equivalent is a couple like literally a couple dimes like people are just out and you just get sucked into that you want to get so much for so little with no regards to how the people they are living now. I'm not saying that there were plenty. Look, I, I, Vietnam was great, but yes, there there's scammers in Vietnam. <laughs> there's scammers in Southeast Asia. There's scammers everywhere. There are definitely scammers in Vietnam, way overpricing stuff that was bulk bought from China. Like I'm not talking about things like that, but just for different services people are doing and providing for you, like You'll just just little penny pinching. So they did. So this couple did little things like that. And then um, I had said earlier, I had to leave for a couple days because they had booked out the hostel. Um, This French couple refused to leave. They refused to leave. And they'd already booked those the their, their room out. They had a private room. They'd already booked it out. This poor hostel owner, she's just this little tiny Vietnamese woman. And she's just like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Like they're just it was a it was a it was a man and a woman, it was a boyfriend and girlfriend. They got on their motorcycle, gave the finger, and they left for the day. And the new group <laughs> The new group that was supposed, I think if it, they it could fit four people in that room, it was four people that were supposed to stay in their room. And it was that, you know, the two people, that French couple, they got on their motorcycle, gave the finger and they left. And they're like, don't you dare move our shit. I think they, they had a key to their room. They locked the key, you know, locked the door and they were out. Um, because they didn't want to have to pay to go find another accommodation and, 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 um, pay to get a a cab and like all this stuff about how it would be too expensive to move last minute. And you guys should have told us. And it's like, no, you didn't book. Um, you didn't say you wanted additional days. You didn't book additional days. You can't just, you know, come to come up to us, um, you know, after the fact to, you know, say you want to stay, they've already booked it out. So it was just a hot ass mess. They didn't give a shit. The hostel owner's freaking out, and you know, I of course I'm disappointed because I wanted to stay longer. Um, because originally I was like, Ugh, I don't know about this place, and then I loved it. Like I absolutely loved the vibe. Like it was great, but I didn't. I didn't book additional nights. You know, I didn't book additional nights in time, so I took the L, booked another guest house in town, and and bought my little taxi. You know, so <sighs> you're just gonna see all types of egregious behavior. That's going. That 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 comes out of that that penny pinching poverty mentality BS. It's just, you're going to see it, especially on the backpacker route. I'm just, just prepare yourself. And sometimes you might get caught up in it as well. Um, but it's just, you know, I don't know. There's, I don't really feel like there's any way around it. Definitely. You can be responsible for yourself and like, You know, know when you're being scammed, know when, you know, somebody's giving you a reasonable price. And like, is it really worth it to argue over a couple cents or a dollar or two dollars? Like, really? Like, if if it's really going to come to that, should you even go on the trip to begin with? Like, you know, you kind of really have to reassess... kind of have to reassess the trip and how much money you have and if it's even worth it to go or if you should just, you know, take some time to save up more money. So I I definitely found myself watching other people and also having some of that penny-pinching mindset and displaying that with other people and then looking back thinking like, really, was it worth it? Like, it was just a few dollars. Like, did I really need to make a big fuss about things? Like, sometimes budget travel brings that out of people and people aren't aware of it. And I, don't, I know a lot of people will not admit that they do that, but they do. A lot of people do that. Um, and, and it's not fun for anybody. It's not fun for the tourists. And it's definitely not fun for the locals, the, the, the merchants that are there. Um, so, yeah. Um, one thing I will say, though, about um, not having enough money to do what you want to do the real story I wanted to tell with this topic um, is to, my God, please make sure you have a backup debit card, credit card. I mean, you know, have I so I had a trip to Sweden. It was for a few days. First of all, the trip is way too short. Do not fly from Seattle to Sweden for three days. That that was very stupid. I enjoyed the trip, even with all the kerfuffle, all the BS that happened um on my part um still enjoyed the trip would do it again but like don't do it don't do it um just way too short the jet lag anyways um so I only went to Stockholm with a debit card that was notorious for not working when it needed to work so it was like I had I already set myself up for failure I'd already (laughs) I had already set myself up for fear. This is why I'm saying reassess. Do you, are you ready to go on this trip? Are you sure? Are you sure? Like, don't, so, you know, I went anyway. So, you know, do what you want to do. So I got, landed in Stockholm. It was Friday afternoon there, like late, late afternoon or early evening in Stockholm. And it was early morning just before work started, Seattle time, Pacific Standard time. And so I had to make my way to my hostel. It was like a hostel slash hotel. And it was a cool hostel hotel. It used to be a prison. I don't know. It was just very quirky. And it was on its own little island. What was it called? L- Langhomen. Um It was about like 45 minutes um, to, I think it's 45 minutes by bus. I took a shuttle bus from the airport. Um, so I had to like, quickly, you know, go through the customs. And that was that was a breeze. It wasn't too bad as, you know, as an American, usually you can get through pretty quickly. So go through customs, get on one of these shuttle buses. And of course, I needed like an app to download on my phone to get the shuttle bus. And like that was a pain in the ass anyway. So I got on the shuttle bus, making my way to my hostel, eventually get there. I'm like logging in to do my work like and I was because I was working remotely. So I was working that Friday. And so that's why I was like panicked. And of course, the Wi-Fi was absolute shit. Um, at the hostel, yes, I probably could have gone to their business center, but like for some reason I wasn't speaking up and I didn't ask for help. Um, that's a, that's another topic for another call. Um, but dealt with the shitty Wi-Fi, I was able to get my work done whatever. So one of the great things I love about visiting different cities is going to the grocery stores. Um, and so I wanted to get some money. I had some cash on me that I had converted. I, th- I think I converted it at the airport to um, what is the, what is Sweden's currency kroner? Um, don't quote me on that. Um, so I converted it to the Swedish currency. And, um, so I had some cash on me, but I wanted to go get some more cash with my debit card, of course, go to the ATM. And of course my card doesn't work and my freaking card doesn't freaking work. So I think it was the next day, like, just when shit like this, ha- oh, oh my god, you guys! I was panicking. Of course, the first person I call is my mother to go cry and complain about it. I didn't cry, but I was like complaining. She's like, "Why well, can Western Union you money?" And I think I was like looking stuff up. I don't think you can get the money. Like by the time the money would get to me, the trip would be over. And because it was over a weekend, like, I don't know, just it wouldn't work out logistically. And I, I kind of didn't accept her money. I was like, no, this is my L. This is my fault. I have to, you know, I just I'll figure it out. Like I was just basically calling to like yell at somebody and then hang up. Just uh, just spoiled brat. Anyways. So my freaking debit card that I was going to use to buy, um, you know, my different tours. I had all these tours that I wanted to do. I wanted to go on the, to visit the different, um, um, the little, the different islands. There's a, there's a word for the islands It starts with an A. I think it's like archipelago, but different, these little islands and they have tours and different things you can do. Like there's all these things I wanted to do um, in Stockholm. And of course I couldn't do it. Now you would think like, oh, okay, well, Vanessa, you, you can't go buy stuff in person with this debit card. You can at least buy stuff online. (laughs) So because I kept attempting like 500 million times to use my debit card, Friday evening, Sweden time more. Okay. So morning us. So by the time I had done all this stuff, and by the time I could even reach my debit card company, they couldn't take my call. Like so nobody could help me. Or slash, you know, they were closed for the week, and and so I wouldn't be able to get to somebody until the following week. And because I had tried to to use the card so many times and it wouldn't work there, uh, the card was blocked because it's like, who the hell is using this card in Sweden? Even though I put a travel warning, this card is trying to be someone's trying to withdraw money from this card multiple times and it's not letting them withdraw block. So not only can I not use the, the card in person, I cannot book anything online. So I'm fucked. I'm like double fucked. So literally, literally, whatever cash I had in my wallet, that was it. And it was like, oh my God, you guys, all I had enough, all I had left was enough for like food. That was it. Like, I'm pretty sure it was like less than a hundred, $150 and food. I mean, food isn't super expensive, but like, I don't think, I don't think I had more than a hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't think I had, I don't think I had more than a hundred dollars. So, so I was there for like three days. Didn't have access to the money I do have in my bank account, and I have to make a hundred dollars last for three days in freaking Sweden. I'm not in Southeast Asia, I'm not in Mexico, I'm in freaking Sweden, Scandinavia. So, oh my god, like you guys, there's so many. <laughs> There's so many places I need to go back to. I'm not trying to recreate my previous experience, but I just like I need to do Stockholm right. I need to do it with coins, with the coins, with the you know, with the right mindset. Just oh my gosh! So basically, did not have enough money. Could only literally go to the grocery store. I had to walk everywhere to like to go to Gamla Stan, which is like the old town Stockholm. It took me 45 minutes one way. No shade. It was hot walking one way. Literally 45 to an hour, 45 minutes to an hour walking one way. At least the view was nice and walking along the water. Um, but that is how like when I'm saying I've done limited travel, limited budget travel, I have done limited budget travel. So that's just a little tidbit. Make sure you bring I've learned this the hard way. Make sure you bring a backup card and not just two debit cards. I Have a debit card and a regular credit card. I think my credit was so crap. I, I couldn't even I didn't even qualify for a good credit card. So I think that's why I didn't even have a credit card. So if, if that's your case, no shame in it. But just, you know, be honest with yourself. So I don't I, I couldn't qualify for a credit card, so I wouldn't be able to have a backup. So in that case, I would just have extra cash bring more cash than you think you need. And I, you know, people's tips are like stash it in different parts of your body or whatever. So just bring more cash than you need. Um, in that case, if you can't bring a credit card, but Lord y'all, I was so stressed out. I mean, the food was great. What I saw was fantastic, but like I, there was so much I wanted to do, but I literally not because my budget was super tiny, but I didn't have any money. I couldn't spend it because I couldn't access my money. So, um, so I want to, so I just want to drive that point home. The economics, there's only so much you can do if you have a limited amount of money to spend. You're just going to have to prioritize, you know, just like I said on call one, really prioritize what you want to do and just know that you can always come back and visit those places again. Um, and just prioritize what do I really want to do in my case the priority was I need to feed myself okay the hostel slash hotel is giving me breakfast so I've got I've got to feed myself lunch and dinner and um I don't even think I ate anything quote Swedish I think I just had like I actually think I ate Italian food when I was there I was going to these for some reason all the restaurants that like were affordable were like was like Italian food I mean it was really good food and like good cider and stuff but Yeah. So anyways, it was a learning experience. People were friendly. I know people will say like, oh, they'll give you the cold children, Scandinavia. When I asked for help, you know, nobody's walking around with a smile on their face. But like I asked people for help and they'd stop and they, you know, hey, you know, how can I help you? And I'd ask them my question. Everybody seemed to be able to speak English and... You know, I had no problems um, getting assistance with things I needed. So they're not going to be outwardly friendly, but they're not going to blow you off. They're definitely going to assist you if you need it. And they'll hear, you know, you know, they'll hear the American accent and stuff. So you don't need to be worried about things like that. So, yeah, so that was the I think I hit everything I wanted to talk about with economics. Um, uh, Okay, no, there was another thing I wanted to add. So there's this whole thing about like, especially with budget Uh, airline travel where, okay, I'm going to get on a $15 flight and everything's going to be great and it's going to be awesome. Okay. But then there's this thing called add-ons. So you think you're slick, you're you're paying the least amount upfront, but then your seat assignment is an extra $30. Uh, You you think your carry-on is small enough. No, boo-boo, they're going to weigh it. It's going to be overweight. That's another $60. Um, then if, you know, you want to board early, it's going to be another $80 and just like to, 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 to cough is going to be another 60. Like they're just going to keep adding all of the, to what is one airline? If you print a boarding pass, if you don't print the boarding pass ahead of time, they'll charge you $70. Like just, you know, all of this extra shit that adds up and you should have just taken the regular airline and not the budget one. See, that's misleading. A lot of these budget airlines are, are nothing, but they're not budget. You're you're paying even more than you would on one of the mainstream airlines. So really assess if you're really getting a good deal. I mean, at that point, you basically just can bring a backpack. And if you're not a traveler like that, where, you know, say you're going to a place where you're dressing for different climates, it doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't work out. So be sure that you are actually getting a good deal and that there's not add-on fees Um, for what you need and it may not apply to everybody some people don't care about being the first on the plane some people don't care about extra baggage or where they sit but um you know unfortunately it seems like we've equated budget travel and well and in many cases cases it is um the equivalent of being uncomfortable um uh but you know it does does it always have to be does budget travel always have to be uncomfortable like you're sitting in a seat you don't want to sit in. You don't, you're don't. you not able to carry as much luggage as you'd need. So you're not going to have all the clothes and toiletries and all that other. So it's just, you know, you kind of have to weigh it out. But I would say in most cases, you're not really saving much money by going the super, super budget route. Um, but again, it's a case by case thing. You just kind of want to look at the numbers, crunch the numbers for yourself and decide, um, am I really saving money um, or are these add on fees adding up you know basically so um and 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 with and with the economics you do have to realize that mistakes are very costly um either with your time or with you having to spend more money um so you know just 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 keep that in mind so so that so that was the topic that was economics the next budget limited budget con i wanted to talk about was it's just it can be really really inconvenient um Yes, it's great to travel in um, the shoulder season, for example, and there's going to be less tourists and you feel like you have the place to yourself. Um, But sometimes it's not at a time of the year when you truly desire to travel. A lot of times it's uh, the, the shoulder season when it's cheaper, it's like rainy season or it's really cold or it's extremely hot. It's like, oh, I got a great deal to go to Phoenix. Yes, but it's freaking July. Who the fuck goes to Phoenix in fucking July? Like, and I say that because I've lived in Phoenix in July and it's like, wh- why would you masochist, masochist, masochist? Why would you do that to yourself? So it's like, yes, it's great. You're getting a great deal, but there's 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 also the other side of the coin as well that you need to keep in mind. Um, sometimes the the businesses or the parks or the establishments, whatever, they may be closed, um, due to the off-season or due to the bad weather. So that's something else you have to keep in mind. You, you would need to contact them, call them, email them ahead of time. Um, and sometimes that's not even enough as well. Um, but yeah, the off-season, I, I have to talk about the weather. The off-season weather c- c- could potentially make you pretty miserable. It could be too hot, too cold, too rainy. And because you know the weather can kind of be infrequent you won't find out about those schedule changes or closures until very last minute and you're just kind of out of luck and usually they should be fine with giving you refunds and stuff but i mean if you've planned out this trip and then stuff doesn't happen it's kind of like okay well what do i do now so you just kind of have to plan for that you know things may be getting canceled due to things out of your control out of the the tour operator's control and something else to consider is that the staffing may be different which would mean the experience that you're having on your trip may be different the usual like you know the usual happy chipper uh, tour guides and stuff, maybe they only work a certain time of the year and so you're kind of getting the second rate people the other time of the year. so that's 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 actually thing, those are things that I've noticed on my travels. Um, your experience may differ depending on when you go, um, what time of year, um, what time of year and, and when you go. So those are things to keep in mind. Um, something else that can be inconvenient, um, especially if you're doing your accommodations and hostels or shared living spaces is like the lack of privacy. Um, when I was doing my trip to Australia, it was for my 28th birthday by the time. So I started in Sydney, went to Tasmania and stayed in Hobart. And then I was with a tour group and we went around Southern Tasmania, Then I went to Melbourne and then I went back to Sydney. By the time I got back to Sydney, I was fucking done with hostels. I was done. Like not forever, but like I was sick of it. Um, I ended up, and I think a main part of it, because my hostel experience in um, Hobart was fantastic. It was this cute boutique hostel. It was, it was somebody's house. It was basically their house. And there were, it was like an old, like Victorian style house. And there was a bunch of rooms. Some of the rooms had, were dorm rooms and some of them were like private rooms for couples or whoever. And then they had a, a restrooms, like toilet rooms and, and shower rooms scattered all around the house. It was just, I I absolutely love the house. I love the creaking of the wood and how they d- decorated it like i i, I abs- that was what that is one of my top five favorite hostel and just accommodation experiences in general just very cozy like i wasn't expecting that vibe in in australia at all um obviously they were okay they were colonized by the british it, it just gave me a very like british cozy i don't know i loved it i absolutely loved it so i'm not talking about that hostel experience although on the tour there was I, and I and I should have said something this is you need to advocate for yourself uh, included in the tour, they kind of told you what hostels you're gonna stay in the first night the hostel was like eh, it really wasn't the best, and then the other one we it was when we got back to Hobart, and I should have said something I should have gone back to my favorite Hobart hostel, the boutique I just talked about, um but they put us in another one, and it was absolutely disgusting. It was disgust, like long hairs on the be- I should have got up and left. I should have done See, this is before I was more vocal about things like that. Just absolutely disgusting. And that is the image that people have about hostels. Not all hostels are created equal. They are super nice, cozy. The layout was so thoughtfully done. They really have the traveler in mind, like... And then their hostels that are just absolutely disgusting pieces of shit. They're just gross. The people who run them are disgusting and like ugh. So just trust me when I say you can get really, really amazing hostels for really good deals, and you can have super expensive hostels that are complete, completely shit, or really cheap hostels that are completely shit. So you just you have to do your research. But um, but really, by the time I was done, when I got to Melbourne the hostel was not as advertised i think it was like a hostel hotel it was just like the stuff in the bathrooms weren't working like the faucets in the shop it was just the layout was awful like they they had no regard for the traveler you can tell just like when you look at a house or an apartment like you can tell with the design of a space and this is one of the blessings of travel um you, you can tell the architects that people who put thought in designing a space for the family, for the business person, the individual, whoever, and the people who just slap shit together and just just mass produce it, mass produced it, and just like we're just we're just cranking out shit. Like no regard for the people that are actually gonna use the space. I love when when you can see the thought that went into it. And surprisingly, you will get hostels like that where there was thought put into it. you know, from the quality of sleep they're gonna have to, you know, they've got enough outlets and, um, you know USB outlets and just the space and just everything the you know the night light and how you're gonna put your luggage just everything they think of everything I love it um and, and you'll notice that when you when you when you start or when you continue doing your trips but after that Melbourne hostel experience and the silver lining was that I had connected I'm, I connected with one girl but then like whatever she went and did her thing I did my own thing but I connected with this other woman. And we just, we were just talking and talking and talking and talking and staying up at night, all, almost all night. One, there was another girl in the room. Her dumb ass should have put her headphones in or her earplugs in. It's a freaking hostel. We weren't screaming, we were whispering and talking. And she's like, I'm trying to get my sleep. And I wanted to be like, you know, I wanted to, t- you know, tell her what I was really thinking, but we were like, okay, we'll just be quieter. But, uh, bye girl go to bed go to bed and we kept talking but that was the silver lining we connected we i think we shared instagram and i still follow her she still follows me on social media but um after that Melbourne experience i was just like i'm done booked myself one to two nights in sydney and by i booked i mean i called my brother and like i needed i don't this is the bank card this is the bank i think i was having bank card issues and so He basically was able to book part of it or the full, like maybe I paid for a night and he paid for another night. I don't remember, but basically he helped me book a one to two nights in Sydney before. And that was like my last few nights before I went to the airport, um, flew from Sydney back home. Um, but I had to, I had to get out. I was like, I cannot do hostels anymore. I cannot. I need a break. I'm done. So those two nights were so precious. Oh my God put all my lay all my stuff out could walk around the room naked like just didn't need to worry about anybody but myself oh my gosh I loved it I loved it I loved it I have no regrets I do I, I think I borrowed money did I ever pay him back I think I did have to pay him back um <laughs> um, but I have no regrets I needed that privacy and I didn't realize how badly I needed that time to myself and you're gonna realize that when you're backpacking as especially like I had to take breaks. I think by the time, when was it? By the time I got to like Taiwan from Malaysia, I realized I needed my own space. I just needed like a week or so to just, I needed my own room. And, you know, especially as an introvert, like I didn't realize how just how much I needed a break from it all. Like I needed to recharge solo because when you're in a hostel, it's so funny reading people's um, messages online. Like, Oh my God, I'm lonely. What if I don't meet anybody? It's like, no, your issues. not what if you don't meet anybody? It's like, what if people don't leave you alone? Like once they realize you're a fun person and like, um, a cool person to hang out with, and whatever they won't leave you alone. Hey, want to hang out? Hey, want to do this? Hey, want to do? You don't need to worry about there not being someone there. You should be worrying about like how do you get away from it? Like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you Why are you in bed so long? just all up in your business and just blah, blah blah blah. Oh my gosh, I was like, I need a break from this. So, anyways, took a break, took a couple nights um, to myself in my hotel in Sydney. Hung out with a girl that had that I had met on my Tasmania trip and, um, we went, I think we did, what did we do? We did like tea time. We had this, went to this really nice tea shop that was popular with the locals and with tourists. And then we went and took some more photos by, um, the Sydney opera house. Um, yeah. And it was like close to downtown. We walked around, I went to an Asian food festival, went to the botanical gardens. Like it was perfectly located, um, downtown. Um, but yeah, you, 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 that lack of privacy that's a big inconven- <laughs> that's a big inconvenience with it and there's things you can do you can book a, a, a solo room but again yes it's less money than a hotel room but it is gonna be you know somewhat significantly more money than you would be paying if you were booking you know a four bedroom dorm or a six bedroom dorm I wouldn't go above a six bedroom dorm by the way I would just do six people or less in a room um, okay so the next con I wanted to talk about was planning. So, I mean, most people tend to plan their trips, although I feel like people should be using travel advisors. You do not have to pay for a travel advisor, by the way. I know there are some that you do have to pay for. With the ones I've used, you do not have to pay. But just know you're going to have to plan your trip yourself um, due to your tiny-ass budget. Um, Although, you can use there's so many online blogs that you can use as a guide and YouTube videos but just know that it's not customized to you and your needs. So, yeah, your favorite travel guy bloggers like, "Yeah, I I I was in this hostel for $2 a night." Yeah, but you know, would and then I go look at the hostel and I'm like, "This is a piece of shit. I would never I wouldn't. First of all, I wouldn't feel safe in it. Maybe it's safe for you a dude to be there. It would not be safe for me a girl to be in there." So, Yes, people have different guides, but people also have different levels of cleanliness, quality, taste, you know, life experience. (laughs) So there's lots of guides out there, but they're not customized for you. So you're kind of going to have to customize it for yourself in the way that a travel advisor would if you had more money to spend. Okay, so keep that in mind. Um, And you need to plan for things to go right and plan for things to go. hellishly wrong um what is your plan b c d e f i remember i remember when i was in taiwan i've said it again or i'll say it again i need to do my taiwan trip like i need to do a part two like i need to go back to that country and just do it right but anyways when i first went there i had to move hostels so many times um it was exhausting planning planning trips is exhausting. Being a backpacker was exhausting. It sounds pretentious. It sounds uppity. It sounds you're privileged. I don't give a fuck how it sounds. Budget or um budget travels is, is is exhausting. Backpacking is exhausting depending on how long you're I was gone for a couple months. I don't know how people did it for a year. Y'all, I met so many people by the time I got to Vietnam, <laughs> I'm laughing because i remember my vietnam hostel there's like a little there's the area where we all eat our meals at and i just remember we're all sitting around and stuff just observing people (laughs) you're observing people i'm looking one way this 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 chick um even even in uh, this is in hoi an Uh, no no this is in hanoi but in hoi an at the hostel this chick the skin off of her ass was completely gone fell off her goddamn motorcycle and skidded for several feet before she stopped all the when i say the skin the flesh off of her butt was gone and it's just you see purple and blue it just uh, but okay so back to back to hanoi i look around the <laughs> the eating area the this person, there was like five, at least five people are on are on crutches. Broken legs, broken ankles, broken knees from what, what do you guess it, motorcycle rides. You didn't catch me on a motorcycle, why? Because I didn't have travel insurance. I think by month two, I, the travel insurance was done. I did not renew it because my budget traveler ass didn't want to put money towards it. So I knew I had to be extra careful with the activities. This is, this is what I'm talking about with the planning and the inconvenience. Lord, but anyway, it's just... People just looked so exhausted, and they had this look on their face, like, "Why the fuck am I here?" Like, this is the stuff you don't talk about. Like, I just was, I would, I, you know, and th- at this time, I was smoking, I was smoking cigarettes. So, you know, you'd be sitting outside smoking your little cigarette, you know, just all types of characters would come up. People would be telling their life story, and a lot of the stories are the same, you know. You know, I hated my nine to five and I'm just looking for something different. You know, I just want to change my life and I want to be more connected. You know, just everyone's little like everyone thinking they're they're unique and special. And really, everybody's saying the same shit. Like they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're depressed. They're having a quarter life crisis. Like we're all basically in the same, you know, depressed boat. Anyways, that sounds horrible. Okay, not everybody was like that, but a big (laughs) but a big chunk of people are like that. But I just remember looking around being like. Why the fuck are we doing this to ourselves? Like, y'all, planning solo travel can be absolutely amazing and incredible and thrilling and exciting. And, you know, you just feel so connected to, to Earth and to, you know, yourself, your likes and dislikes and everything. But it can just be incredibly burdensome and just a pain in the ass. I just, I don't know. I, like... And I know people don't want to talk about it and people don't. I'm just going to tell you it can be a pain in the ass, especially if you don't have a lot of money and you were like me stubborn and wasn't willing to like teach English to supplement the money you, that was going out. Um, you know, I was just borrowing money from my parents every couple of weeks. Anyways, NT ways. So planning, plan for things to go wrong, have a plan B, C and D. When I was in Taiwan, moved hostel so many different times. I was doing volunteers, um, d- volunteer work. You volunteer and in exchange you get accommodations. I was doing that. Had a really, really creepy, um, and I didn't find out until obviously I got there, creepy workaway hostel owner. Like I was asking them questions and like trying to ask about the previous girl. Of course it was a girl. They, I found out through the sons. They also wanted me to help the sons with their English. It was this Asian family. Um, they wanted me to help the sons with their um, with their English and they're talking with them about the previous people that were there. They seem to all be girls. OK, that's not weird at all. And then the wife was very off, like, I don't know, something was not right, like very friendly, very happy people. But like where we were at, so they kind of own the whole building, I think um, at the very top is where the actual hostel beds are and the showers and everything. He had said we don't have Wi-Fi on the top floor, so where we're spending a big chunk of our time, he has decided no hostel, or excuse me no Wi-Fi access. So there's no internet. You can't you can't make calls. Can't call nine one one. Can't access. And he's like, well, I want to false. I want to foster uh, camaraderie or something. Like I want people to be connected, and so you need to spend most of your time downstairs. Um, it was just weird and so so if you were up there and you needed help like and you couldn't get so you couldn't call anybody i don't know it was weird i remember sitting on the edge of the bed and i was like i don't know i was like rummaging around or doing something and then he showed up and he sat really close to me i don't know and i was asking these questions about the previous girl that was there y'all it just the stuff just the alarm bell started ringing i was just "Mm," things were not right so i had to buy a train ticket like i was just beyond exhausted you guys Um, I had to buy a train ticket last minute to go back to Taipei, because I had done Taipei, went to the south to Tainan, and then went to this particular city where I was at. What was it? Was it Kaohsiung? 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 I don't know, but I will say this small-ass city had one of the best fine arts museums ever that I've ever, 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 ever been to. Would go back to that city again just for the fine arts museum. Fantastic. Anyways, had to buy a train ticket last minute take my ass back to Taipei. By the time I get to Taipei, I had tried to charge my phone on the train ride up, died. Um, Arrive in Taipei, of course it's pouring rain. Of course it's pouring rain and it's like 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, Phone's dead, stop by a convenience store. I'm trying to figure out where my hostel is. It's pitch black outside. And so I borrow some guy's phone that's also, he's like waiting in line and I'm like, can I use your phone? I'm trying to look up my hostel. And I'm basically trying to memorize it from memory and like trying to take a little snapshot with my mind and then walk out. And then I'm just rolling my because I didn't have a backpack. I was backpacking without a backpack. I was backpacking with my carry on. So I'm dragging my carry on. You can hear the sounds of my carry on on this unpaved road. It's raining and it's pitch black outside. And I'm like hearing I'm like, what am I hearing? Are these rats? Like, what the hell? Like. And so I'm literally walking for like 10, what feels like an hour, but I think it was like 10 or 15 minutes in the dark, like literally in the dark, hoping I am getting somewhere towards my hostel. Like you cannot make this shit up. Just, just phone dead I think by that time I wasn't even paying, was I even paying my cell phone bill? Like you guys just, I shouldn't even share this shit. Just wretched, just wretched, wretched. when I say limited budget travel, I, I mean it. I truly mean it. By some miracle, um, get to an intersection. I look over to my left and I can see some light and I'm like, okay, I think this might be the building. Walk towards there. Thank God, it's the it's the hostel. I'm checking in. And then it's like two seconds later, the dude that I had borrowed the phone, oh, this is your... And I'm like, really? We were in the same hostel. I was like, where where was he? Like, I don't know. It was just, it was very odd. So God and checked in. He showed up two minutes later. I'm like, aren't you the guy from the gas station? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so then, you know, of course, I check all my stuff in. It's like 2 a.m. and just... I was just glad I had a safe place to stay. Didn't have to worry about weirdo owner, hostel owner, and just I could just sleep at least for that night. But like I did a lot of that um, in Taiwan, just like having to leave places last minute and just it was exhausting. Like by the time I got to Vietnam, I was just exhausted. And of course, I might have to say this for another call. But of course, the first place I landed in Vietnam that was also trifling as well. But I'm gonna say that for another call. But like, (laughs) you just don't, when you're watching these, these highlight reels of people's lives on social media, um, whether it be budget travel or luxury travel, you don't have the full story. I'm not saying everybody's suffering behind the smiles, you know, on you know, of their pictures and their videos, but you don't have the full story. If you looked at my 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 Instagram feed, you would have had no idea unless I put those stories in there, and I think in some of them I did, um, you would have no idea what's going on. You'd just be like, wow, that black girl's doing it. She's traveling around Asia. Oh my god you would have absolutely no freaking clue what's going on. And actually one of the reasons I stopped sharing some of these stories was because I would share some of the real shit that travelers like myself were going through and not in a like pity party way, but just like, hey, just so you know, FYI. And and people don't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear the real shit that goes on behind the scenes. They didn't want to hear about the depression, they didn't want to hear about the escapism. Um, people thinking they're solving their problems, but really they're just drinking them, drinking their problems away or smoking cigarettes. Like I was drinking their, uh, smoking their problems away. Um, suicidal, just all types of shit that was going on over there. People, um, begging for money. You've heard of beg packers, like saw that front and center. Um, and locals willingly give money, by the way, like, you know, people are screaming at these people. Americans and people from the West begging money on the sidewalks well let me just tell you there are locals giving them money you know um I know people are like that's awful and these locals open their hearts and they've got no money uh well those locals were spending money they were giving money to them so you know don't feel too bad but anyways um I would try to share some of these cons some of this real life stuff on my social media feeds and people don't want to hear it they want the lies they want the glossy Photo the, the fake smile they don't a lot just it was very disheartening And I think I eventually just stopped posting for a while because people didn't want to talk about the real ish The mental health stuff that was going on with a lot of people on the um, backpacker trail So I just kind of like I just stopped talking about it So it was really important for me to do these calls and I still have more bullet points y'all ooh this call is gonna go on long. Um but I it was really important for me to do this call because people just I don't know. It just really, it really got to me. People didn't want to talk about it. It's I, I, I actually think we like to blame these travel influencers. They only show the nice stuff. They don't want to talk about the other things going on, you know, in a balanced way. But a lot of times we, the audience don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to, or the, 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 the other truths. We will hear the positive truths, but we don't want to hear the quote negative truths. Anything that's a little murky and yucky and just you know, not light and bright. Like we just don't want to hear it. So it was really important for me to do this call to discuss it because it is going to come up. It's either going to come up with you or it's going to come up with the people around you. And it's good to know and be aware of it so you can kind of act accordingly and, you know, plan how, plan how you're going to navigate all of this. So um, hopefully you're finding, um, getting some value out of this because I know I could have really appreciated this kind of heads up. Um, from other travelers. But, you know, I learned it. I got through it. You'll get through it, too. So it's all good. Um, But yes, I do have to say planning trips are exhausting. This is why people get paid to plan other people's trips. I know it sounds pretentious and basic, but traveling full time is a job. It's a job and it is trying. And, you know, I would say for myself, like a few months was way more than enough. And really, I should have cut my trip short um, earlier um but I, I would say if you don't have specific travel goals if you don't like are you are you starting a travel blog like what are the goals what is the end just just why why are you doing it are you just kind of bouncing around just to bounce around that's a recipe for disaster don't do it what are your goals what are you trying to accomplish um are you learning a new skill set are you trying to tell you know, local stories. Like what wh- what are you doing? It doesn't have to be something super noble, but like, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? Because at some point, if you're, if you don't have any goals and you're just aimlessly wandering, like that will feed into the the negative mental health stuff that's going to happen, the depression and, and just, just all kinds of yucky stuff. So just, I would be really intentional about it um, about, about why you're traveling, why you're doing it. Are you doing it for social media for strangers? Or are you truly doing it for yourself and your, your growth and your evolution? Um, yeah. And, and, and actually with the planning, by the time I left Taiwan and I went to Vietnam, Vietnam was my last stop before I went home. I was ready for somebody to like take control. Um, I remember when I got to Hanoi, um, and I met an American girl in my, As soon as I walked into my room, she was laying down on the top bunk. Um, This chick, where was she from? She was from Denver. And we just clicked and we just were talking, talking, talking. And like, oh, it was just so nice to connect with someone. Like in the beginning, it's so funny. In the beginning of your trip, you're like, I don't want to be around other people who are Americans. This is what all the Americans say. I don't want to be around Americans. I didn't come all the way um, away from America to hang out with Americans. I want to be cultured and hang out with other people. And all the British people say, I don't want to hang out with Brits. I want to hang out with other people. And all the French people say the same thing. All the Germans say the same thing. But by the time I got to Vietnam, I was like, oh, thank God she's American. Thank God. And I just, just spilled our guts to each other. And, um, we ended up planning a trip to nearby Sapa. I recommend going there. And I'm sure it's developed a lot since I've been there, since I was last there. Um, but I basically had her planning that trip because I just couldn't even I couldn't even I couldn't even bear to do it. I was just like, you know what? You you show me a few hostels that you want us to stay at and I'll pick the best one. And that's as much as <laughs> as much as I can stomach. She picked the the bus that we were going to go up on and come back down on. Like and not the ones that I would have picked like the now the hostel like. Eh, but the view of, from the cafe, pri- like priceless, like. I have fantastic photos, um, from that view of the hostel, the hostel restaurant. Um, so actually that was a pretty good, that was, that was, um, the showers were a little small, but anyways, anyways, you you know, like, you know, I can, I can pick, I can pick my own hostel pretty well. Like I'm, I'm pretty good about that. But I just, by that point I was like, you plan it. Um, I don't want to deal with it. You do it. Um, so anyways, I just, I thought I'd mention that. So planning, that's a con. Um, that's a con. It's going to get exhausting doing that. The next con I wanted to talk about was, and, and it ties into all of this, this theme of like inconvenience, um, but discomfort. Um, please keep in mind, uh, you're either going to pay with money and or with your time. So you're going to find yourself if you've got limited amount of money you may, and you haven't booked things way ahead of time, you're going to be waiting a long time. Um, when you are cheap or you have a smaller budget, you, you just, you pay with your time. There's no way around it. I I hope I'm not hurting people's feelings. If I do bear through it, just, just, you know, keep listening. It's okay. Um, there's, there's just, there's more scrounging versus having things prepared for you already. I, I don't, I don't know how else to say that. It's just, you know, you've, you've, I don't know. There's just, there's. The, the time the time currency that's just it's a big it's a big discomfort and you don't think about it until you're in that moment and you're like wow someone else could have done this for us well they could have but you didn't have the money or you weren't willing to spend the money to do it um i found with discomfort i'm i had to settle for less with with a limited budget i had to settle for less um quantity and quality than i'd like and you're really at the mercy of pricing um, versus anything else. Um, one thing I'll know, and I talked about it earlier about the experience, your experience is going to be different. Like when I said, if you travel on, uh, you know, during the high season versus off season, um, you should pay attention to this tours that are by tips, you know, the quote free tours. I don't like even that word free tours because they're not free. You're tipping. Um, but the free tours with tips versus tours that you've already prepaid for, they're completely different energy and the energy, the environment, the interactions, the whole experience is completely different. The next next time go to a destination, if you've got the funds, do one of those tip tours, tours with a tip. And, and I know I know paid tours also let you tip them, but you know what I mean. Do one of those free walking tours or whatever tour it is with a tip. Um versus, uh, versus a paid tour that you prepaid for. It's completely different. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but it's completely different. And, um, and I'm going to be honest, I prefer the paid tours. (laughs) There's nothing wrong. Like there are some fantastic tour guides on these tours, free tours with tips. Um, but I do, I don't know. I just, it's more relaxing. I don't know. It's just, that's their craft. Like, And, and, and I know some people, I don't, I don't like the attitude some people have. They're like, well, the, the free tours, the, the tour guides are hustlers and they're going to work for it. And they're not going to be lazy like those prepaid tours. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Um, I think if you, if you, if you're, you know, more secure with the, with the economics, you know, you're going to, you know, you've already gotten paid by, uh, the people on your tour and. I don't know. There's just more relaxation. It's just it's more cozy, more conversational, and it doesn't feel rushed. And I don't know if you I I definitely on my tours, especially the one I did in Tasmania and Australia, I feel like we kind of bonded a little bit. I know that sounds so cheesy, but um, he really took care of us. Um, I had a, a couple issues with like the accommodations that we had. But like other than that, like, I don't know, I just. The group was really nice other than there was a small group of folks from a certain country that has a really bad reputation with travelers. I'm not going to name them. I know I said I wasn't going to be PC, but like I know someone's going to say something. But there was a group of travelers from this particular Asian country that are notoriously, uh, that are, are known notoriously for being um, not the best. They don't have the best travel reputation. And they lived up to that absolutely <laughs> during this tour and another woman from that country but she wasn't with that with that with that little small group in our group um, she lived in australia but she was like she was so apologetic she's like oh my god i'm so embarrassed i'm like girl they, they you you don't need to be the representative of this country or whatever okay they were china they were chinese travelers um she's like i'm so embarrassed oh my god like oh i hope people don't think all chinese travelers i was like girl we don't but like th- okay so for example we visited the penguins oh my god one of the highlights of the trip <laughs> We visited the penguins at night they were coming up from the beach like from the water onto the beach oh my god you guys they were so adorable um what was the big rule don't turn your fucking flash on your library your library don't turn the flash on on your cell phone do not flash your light or whatever on the penguins they're blind or like their eyes are sensitive or something i think that it's their eyes are sensitive who turns on the light from their cell phone and who flashes it in the eyes of the pig? You guessed it. Okay, so just shit like that. like that stuff would be coming up. They like wandered off. It took us like thirty minutes to go find that like maybe I should do a pro 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 and con of um. Traveling with tour groups, but like other than stuff like that like see I you know I just remembered all that just now, but like stuff like that with the penguins. It's like listen listen to like don't Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked but I just other than little things like that I preferred and it's it makes for a good story anyways Um, But I preferred the paid tours. I just prefer we all stick together and we're, you know, traveling in a group. And I know a lot of um, these travel platforms are like, you're not a real traveler unless you're going on your own and you're on the off-beaten track. And it's like F off. Like, just like, is your life so boring in your regular life? So boring that like I don't know. It's just it's weird to me. I just like let people travel the way they want to like. On the beaten path, off the beaten path, just do what you want to do. You're not a real man or a real woman because you don't go to the Eiffel Tower. Just do whatever the hell you want to do. Like, so I don't know, there's this weird stigma around like people who do paid tours. Just F off. I just I I like them. I like them. I want someone who's super knowledgeable to be educating me and showing me different things that I wouldn't find otherwise on my own. I like that there's a built-in network. You've got other like-minded people that also spent money. And and want to have a good experience. And and it's just it was nice. It was nice to connect with people. You're a little shy in the beginning. And then, you know, you're all sleeping in the same accommodation and stuff. I don't know. I just like the little bond that you can um, create in such a short period of time. I just I really like that. So if I were you, I would I would pay attention to that pay attention to the vibe of paid tours versus tours by tips um and and kind of get a feel for the do you feel discomfort in some of them like there's kind of this like pressure like i need to basically pay their wages when you're doing those free tours like you know is this tip gonna insult them or whatever i don't know there's all this like weird pressure when you're having to tip on the free tours like i just much prefer the like i've already paid up front like and then i can just sit back and enjoy the tour and i don't have to worry they don't you know the tour guide's not having to they're worried about if they're doing a good job and if they're going to get, you know, paid enough to pay their rent and all just all this stuff you have to worry about. I, I'm much more for the pay tours to be honest, but I'd love to I'd love to hear your opinion on that. So the next limited budget con flexibility. You're kind of how do I say this? You're kind of stuck with the original plans that you made depending on how you paid for the trip. Um, now, if you book last minute if you book last minute, prices may be higher or lower. It, 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 it kind of depends. But on the one hand, it can leave you with more flexibility, but then you can also be stuck. I don't know. This It just it depends on where you're going. It depends on what you're going to be doing. Um, Like if you book way ahead of time. And you don't have the budget to pay for flexible booking, then you can't really change your plans. You're locked in. But then, if you wait till the last minute and what you want isn't there, then you're out of luck. So it's like you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay. You're gonna pay the cost either way with your time, inconvenience, money. Like you're going to pay either way. Um, I know for myself when I'm traveling solo and I'm meeting people. And I and I and I would find myself wanting to partake in activities with those people that I just met. They're like, hey, you know, I'm going on this thing. Do you wanna come? Like we we just click last minute, but then you know, and they're inviting me last minute to go on their their little excursions, but I can't do it because my money is so restricted. I I I I need it for certain things like food and transportation and accommodation. And it's just I really wanna hang out with them and like, you know expand on our conversation or just whatever good vibes were going on and you can't like the flexibility can be limiting. Like that was a big deal for me. Like just even how I'm crafting my lifestyle now, flexibility is so, so important. And when you can't be flexible in your travel life, oh God. So I would just, I would keep that in mind. I would, you would, you kind of have to play around with that. Um, is it important that you have stuff pre-booked ahead of time so you don't have to worry about it, but then there's the risk that if you change your mind and depending on how you paid for it, did you pay for a refundable, um, or did you pay for something that can be changed without extra fees? Like, see, this is where being super cheap and this is where it comes into play. And what, and and I'll talk about it in the, in the bonus call, the COVID call, but you see a lot of people are, are ass out of luck, um, because they paid third party, Um, and they're like, ha ha ha, I got my, my little dream trip for super cheap. And then, you know, all this stuff gets canceled They they either didn't get a refund or they got a partial refund or, um, they're just at the whim of the third party. Like the way they bought their package, like they're just stuck. You know what I mean? Like you didn't pay for the flexibility to move your trip or to cancel it or whatever. Um, you know, yes you thought you paid for a really cheap trip, but if something happens, you get sick, you can't go on your trip. Did you buy, um, any kind of, now I'm not going to say travel insurance solves all problems because a lot of travel insurance is really shitty out here. Um, and a lot of people found that out with the COVID-19 stuff. Um, but did you pay any kind of refundable ticket to where, you know, or, or refundable package or something like, that it's, it's, it's having me rethink a lot of things as well, y'all. Like it's not, it's, this is not just a limited travel, a limited budget travel conversation. This is all travel. Like, you know, you, you, it used to be everybody screaming about they, they, you know, this race to the bottom. I got this for this little amount. I got this for this small amount. Um, but now it's like, that's going to cost you. If you have to change something, Um, if you get sick, just something happens where you can't go on the trip, you are fucked. You've, you've lost out that little bit of money you claimed. I didn't have to pay a lot. Well, now you've lost out on that money because you can't go on the trip anymore. What are you going to do now? Um, versus someone who paid a little bit more or a considerable amount more. Um, but they get to recoup that because they bought it. Uh, they bought the refundable part, um, the refundable, uh, version of that package or ticket or whatever. So it's having me rethink a lot, a lot, like how, how much, how much is flexibility important to you when you're traveling? For me, it's extremely important. So that's something you are going to have to decide, um, for yourself for sure. Um, so I do want to talk about, um, the last, uh, limited budget con is assistance or, or help. And it's related to what we were just talking about with buying third party versus buying direct. In my experience, you won't get as quick of a response and or the experience will differ. Um, For me, buying direct definitely ensured me getting... um, you know, changes. There was more flexibility with the changes. Technically, I shouldn't be able to get a refund or technically I shouldn't be able to get a credit, but because I bought directly, there's more things working in your favor for you to get the outcome that you want versus if you bought through a third party, you, you, you know, you just kind of stuck with whatever raggedy policy they have. And, and, you know, the, the airline can't do anything. The, the, the hotel can't do anything because you bought a third party. Um, uh, So that's that's one thing. Yes, you may have gotten a really good deal and, and it's great because you've got a limited budget, but it's going to it might bite you on the other end if you if you need some kind of assistance, because we all know shit goes sideways when you're traveling. And it could be a big oopsie or it could be a little oopsie, but you want to be able to sort things out and get things resolved quickly. And how quickly can you get stuff resolved through a third party? And I don't mean like a travel advisor third party. I mean like, um, you know, like, um, what do you call them? Like, like a booking, like a booking, even though I like to look at booking to look at reviews and stuff, but I've kind of, Actually minimized how much I bought through booking and tried to buy um, directly with with the hotels. Um, and and a good tip with that is I'll show the hotel and I did this with one of my hotels in Hong Kong. I said, "Look, this is the deal on booking." Why is it more expensive than on your website? Um, don't you, you know, don't you want to have good deal? I don't know. I, I, The way I worded it, I was like, shouldn't you be giving good deals on your website to buy directly or whatever? So I basically worded it in a way that they were like, okay, we'll honor bookings price as long as you book directly with us. And so that that works sometimes. So you can try to do things like that. Just because it's cheaper on the third party site, it doesn't mean you need to buy it there. You can send that info to um, the hotel or com- you know accommodation or whoever it is directly and say hey, I, I really want to book with you guys but this place is charging a lot less than you can-, can you can you honor that price and a lot of times they will so don't be afraid to speak up and, and advocate for yourself. But I do know when it comes to getting assistance and um, you know getting help during your trip, I like this is why I like buying direct um, versus with third party. I'm just gonna get. My experience is going to be better, and they're going to take care of things more than if I went the cheap route and went through the third party. Um, one thing that I've loved about my more recent trips, where I've got, you know, I've got a bigger budget than when I was um, backpacking, is that with booking through my travel advisors, and I don't pay any money. Um, they get paid through their scheme. You know, they they've got their their methods of how they get paid, but I don't pay any money. None, no money comes out of my pocket for booking through through them. Um, one of the great things I loved about it is that I have an advocate, I have an ally, I have somebody that can focus on, you know, just like the grimy parts of traveling and I can focus on enjoying myself. I can en- focus on the positives. Um, and maybe I'll talk about the story in depth in another call, but I had an issue um, at a really high-end hotel um, uh, with the club experience, you know, you, you can get club access. And Lord, long story short, got into the club. Um, and this was after I talked to my travel, but I didn't talk to them. I sent them an email just, you I know, mean, I was like, I'm very disappointed. I'm very upset. I'm embarrassed. You know, just describing the situation that happened. Got my club experience for my stay. Didn't have to pay for it. Got an apology. Got a thank you gift. Like at no cost. Y'all at no cost. I didn't, I wasn't angry. I didn't make a scene. When I was at the club room at the hotel, I was just like, okay, thank you. I'll, I'll go talk to my travel advisor. Went to my room. Of course, I was pissed off, but I write my little letter. I was hurt. I was, I just, I felt attacked. Into the, You know, wrote my little, you know, wrote my little uh, Karen letter. You know, Karen's a popular term now. I wrote my little Karen letter to the manager, aka my travel advisor, and she handled it. And it turned out my travel advisor was at a conference with, a, what was it, a GM or a director of that hotel, a very nice hotel, um, was at a conference with the director of that hotel, had it all squared away. Fit, I had no idea she was that high up. Um, had it all resolved. See, you. this is why you have to be careful who you talk to. Had no idea the kind of access. You have no idea the kind of access these travel advisors have. Um, and they're and then the right ones, they're not going to be bragging about it. They're going to be low-key. But anyways, resolved it. Got me my club access at no charge. An extra gift. Extra this, extra that. So sorry this happened. I was overjoyed. I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It just... Oh my god, that London trip. I gotta I gotta go into my London trip on another call, but that London trip changed a lot for me. It changed a lot for me. Um, but that assistance, that help you get is invaluable. And you're just not gonna get as much of it when you're um when you have a limited budget. And it's not to say that there's not helpful people at the hostels and at the different tours and the different things that you're doing. You know, I've, i budget travel, I've budgeted traveled more than I've, um, traveled with a bigger budget. And, you know, nine times out of 10, there's always somebody willing to help me out and, um, advise me like other travelers, um, and locals and stuff, but it's just, the type of traveling that I'm doing now, it's just so great to have an advocate like that in my corner. So I I had to make that, I had to add that to the cons list because it's just that assistance or help can really determine, um, uh, how a trip will go for you. Um, uh, the perfect trip to me is not, is not a trip where nothing goes wrong. It's, If the hotel or the tour operator, whoever it is you're interacting with, if they can turn that situation into a positive, if they can resolve those issues, um, I, things, things happen that are out of the control of people. That's fine. You know, you've got different personalities, different characters, whatever, but if they can turn it and resolve it, that's what makes a great trip. That makes a fantastic trip. I love it. I love it. I love it. So those are those were my um, those are my little my, my notes, my my cons for for um, traveling on a limited budget. I hope this call didn't come across uh, super negative and I don't think it did. I just want to give you the real deal. I want I want you to keep these things in mind. Um, I wish I wish, wish, wish more um, budget travelers had told the truth about these things um, in their blog posts, in their videos versus kind of brushing them off and just like, here, look at my drone footage. Like, look, look at the Island. Look at, look at all this free booze, whatever. Um, I wish more people would talk about these things. I wish more people would be receptive to these, uh, to these things. Um, and, you know, and I think, and I think we can talk about it, you know, as, as a blog host, like myself, platform hosts, like myself, I think, we can talk about these issues and then it can be left up to you, the audience. And I also consider myself an audience because I still consume travel content. It should be left up to us, the audience, to decide what is a deal breaker. Is this a deal breaker? Or is this something I can live with? Um, but we should at least tell it, for goodness sakes. Like tell it, tell your truth. So I'm going to tell my truth on my platform. It's my platform. I'm going to tell you how, I, how it is, how it was for me. Um, you'll never, if, if, if there's one thing you never have to worry, it's about me not telling you the truth. I will always, even if you don't want to hear it, I'm going to tell you how it is. Um, and, um, and, and now that I say that, um, I was talking earlier about people not wanting to hear the gritty truth. And if I even think back to when I was putting my initial backpacking trip, I think there were a few people that did post some cautionary tales Um, and including my parents who didn't want me to go, my God, they didn't want me to go on my trip. And you know what? I think I just blew them off. So, you know what? I may not even have listened back then too. So I can understand it. You know, people just want to look at the positives and just kind of like, eh, I'll deal with the stuff as they come along. But I still think it's good to keep these things in mind. Um, have them in the back of your head to know that they could pop up and, and, and kind of think about how you would handle yourself in, in these different scenarios. So yeah, I hope that call was helpful. Um, Thanks for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the class so far, traveling on a limited budget. Um, The next call will be the last call. It's our bonus call. And we're going to discuss traveling on a limited budget in the era of COVID-19, things you should kind of um, um, take note of and be aware of. Um, So great. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you in the next call. Thanks. Bye.